I get a great many wonderful things from my parents. And I have to always be careful now. I can't tell as many stories about my parents as I used to because dad's here. Um, but one of the things I inherit from my father is something called Fuchs dystrophy. And it's a genetic, a hereditary situation where the little pumps on the back of your cornea that pump the fluid out from behind the cornea don't work well. And so you have to put eye drops in your eyes every day. The doctor says three times a day. We both do this. Eye drops in. And if you don't do it, the fluid behind the cornea builds up, which then changes the shape of your eyeball, which means your prescription is no good. Okay, so, so in order to see every day, morning and night, you have to put the eye drops in. There, there has to be a continual correction of your vision if you want to see. This morning we're in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, starting in verse 46. As this is the Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I would invite you to stand for the reading. Mark 6, Mark 10, 46. Then they came to Jericho. You understand Jericho, right? Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him, Bartimaeus, and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. The story we have today is both a miracle story and a calling story. Bartimaeus is a blind beggar who's camped at the entrance to the city where he will have access to maximum traffic. Since he's blind, he's unable to work. And since he's blind, people in that day believed he was under some sort of curse. Someone did something to deserve this punishment, and so folks were just uncomfortable around the blind person. You don't want any of that bad luck or that bad karma to rub off on you, don't you know? Jesus doesn't seem to pay any attention to any of their superstitions. The story's pretty straightforward as the details go. Bartimaeus hears that Jesus is passing by, doesn't want to miss the opportunity to encounter the one that he has heard of, and so he makes a fuss and he is insistent. There's a large crowd of people passing with Jesus. 
And so it would be hard to be heard over all the noise of this very mobile crowd. Bartimaeus doesn't shout just once. He raises a clamor. Again and again he shouts, Son of David, have mercy on me. 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 You get a little embarrassed when you're out in public and someone nearby is making a spectacle of themselves. It, it embarrasses you a little bit. But Bartimaeus knows that only Jesus can help. He doesn't mind the embarrassment. Bartimaeus certainly doesn't mind the embarrassment. He's endured embarrassment for years. Bartimaeus just doesn't want to miss his chance. But you know, his cry isn't just about blindness. Blindness means poverty. Blindness means no employment. Blindness means no marriage, no children, no future. At the moment, when the story's starting, Bartimaeus has his cloak spread out on the ground in front of him to receive alms from the passers-by. But when Jesus calls and tells the crowd to come to him, Bartimaeus throws his cloak beside and runs to Jesus. It's almost a statement of, of leaving his old life of begging behind and running to the one who will bring new life. And this is all based on his belief that Jesus really can bring about his healing. I mean, that's faith. This guy really believes that Jesus can make a difference. And I wonder, do you believe the same? Do we have as much faith that Jesus can change our reality as Bartimaeus has that Jesus will change his morality? Bartimaeus does one, have one minor advantage that we don't have today. Once the crowd understands that Jesus is calling Bartimaeus to him, the crowd assists him in getting to Jesus. They, they send the instructions on. Bartimaeus, he's calling you. Come on. And I have to imagine that since at the t that moment Bartimaeus is still blind, there are people helping him find his way to Jesus. And so you have in this particular story a crowd who's willing to help the blind man find his way to Jesus. And I'm wondering... Who in the crowd is helping you find your way to Jesus today? Like nobody, right? The whole culture is bent on obscuring the truth of the gospel. There's nobody out there trying to help you find your way to Jesus. The only chance you have is the crowd in here. And for the most part, we're trying to help people find Jesus. But even some of us have difficulty at times. I remember a particular parishioner of mine who told me one day, many years ago, that she went over and talked to her new neighbor and told her about the church. I said, what did you tell her? 
I said, well, I told her, we're the folks who are very conservative. We don't smoke. We don't drink. We don't do this. We, I said, did you happen to mention Jesus? And she said, oh, I never thought of that. And I thought, how sad to be known by the idea of what we don't do rather than by our relationship with the one who has the opportunity to bring us new life. That's our job here. When Bartimaeus arrives in front of Jesus, Jesus asks him a very specific question. What do you want me to do for you? It's an interesting question. Mark thinks it's an interesting question, the writer of the gospel. In fact, he ties two stories together with that very question. A few verses back, the disciples, James and John, ask Jesus to honor their request before they tell him what the request will be. You know, that's one of those classic moves by children. Get mom or dad to promise you something before they know what it is, and then you tell them what you really want, and you say, well, you promised. No. So, so James and John are playing this little game. They're, they're presuming on his love for them. Jesus is not fooled, and he asks them, this exact same question word for word. What is it you want me to do for you? Exactly the same words he's going to speak to Bartimaeus in just a few verses. The disciples want places of honor. Bartimaeus wants to see. Jesus tells his disciples that positions of influence are obtained in the kingdom of God by those who serve others. In other words, the pathway to greatness is humility, serving the least of humanity. And now here, a few verses later, in the face of the least of humanity, a poor beggar, that's where Jesus performs his mighty miracle. He opens the eyes of the blind. You should understand something that is very overtly implied by Mark in this story. The ways of the powerful and the political work like this. Favors are always done for the powerful in the crowd. Those with access to power get special treatment. Those close to the throne enjoy the riches of the throne. But in this story, the insiders are the disciples who have constant and immediate access to Jesus. And when they ask for privilege, Jesus instructs them to understand privilege as humble service. That is the privilege that is awarded to the insiders in the kingdom of God. But when the outsider shows up, Bartimaeus, no social status, no access to Jesus, a curse in the eyes of many. When the outsider confronts Jesus, Jesus responds powerfully and miraculously, which is really good news for us because we once were all outsiders, right? 
And we have known the miraculous, powerful work of God in our lives because he rescued us, he brought us in, he invited us, he made us family when we had no right to expect any of it. That's the good news of the gospel. And this is the great reversal. It's an echo of verse 31, previously in the chapter. Many who are first will be last and the last first. We who were last have been brought in. There's a new world order breaking in and Jesus is the king of the new world order. If you sit with this story long enough, you will hear the question that Mark is asking. Mark is asking us to consider this. Who really is blind? The Pharisees and chiefs figure in, the, the Pharisees and chief priests figure into the story back in verse 33. They're clearly blind because otherwise they wouldn't be about to torture and murder Jesus. They can't see him at all for who he is. The disciples are also clearly blind because they still think that access to Jesus means access to power and influence and security for their future. The only person in the whole story who can really see is Bartimaeus. Because though he's blind, he sees in Jesus his future, his hope. Everything that is positive and good in the world is, is summed up in Jesus. He's the only guy in the story who can see. And so Mark wants all of us readers to answer this question. How well do we see? Do, do we embrace Jesus for what we can get out of him? Is our service to him limited to what is convenient? Or do we realize how deeply we need the master's touch on our lives. Are we willing to make a scene to get his attention? Do we find in Jesus someone who can place us back on the right track again? Are we willing to seek him in diligent ways? Would anyone who is watching our lives suggest that we are seeking God in diligent ways? Are we that obvious? There is a humility about those who seek God. They know God is their only hope. They know they can't make it on their own. They know that they must rely on his strength. They know that they need his constant correction. They are not embarrassed to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I confess that this particular prayer, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, is a very important prayer for me. Sometimes at night when I can't turn my mind off, when I can't sleep, when I am troubled, or when I start to spiral into negative thinking or poor me idiocy, the only way I can turn the page is beginning to repeat the prayer, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. This prayer 
changes my focus. It reminds me of who I am. It reminds me of my need for him. It makes me dependent on his action and his response. He is merciful, and he will help us in our time of need. And he will help us even when we don't know we are in need, if we will humbly approach him day by day. You're not sure that God can deliver on this promise? You're not sure that he really will respond with mercy and grace? Mark understands that level of doubt as well. And that's why he adds this one little detail to the beginning of this story. It's just a little detail, and you could walk right past it and miss it if you weren't paying attention. But the gospel writers, we know, were inspired, right? And so we should pay attention to what they say. And there's this one little detail at the beginning of the story that sets the context for everything that's going to be said. And it's, it's where this happens, right? Just at the walls of Jericho, right? You may not believe that God can deliver all that he's promised, but the whole history of Israel comes down to that day when we cross the Jordan River and we circle the walls of Jericho and against all hope and against all odds and, and without lifting a sword, we, we blow trumpets and the walls of Jericho, what do we teach our kids? And the walls came tumbling down, right? God has acted decisively in Israel's history. He's acted decisively. That is their heritage. They know that God acts. They tell from generation to generation the wonderful and powerful and mighty acts of God. And one of them is that the walls came tumbling down. And if blindness is the wall that we're experiencing today, anything's possible at Jericho's wall when Jesus is present. And we can trust him if we'll just embrace Bartimaeus' prayer. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on us.